0: Welcome back to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt the Godfather Ely, and Baby Sisters in the building.
1: Hey, it's Veronica Ely back again after a little bit of a hiatus.
0: Mm hmm. We took, uh, a nice little break to enjoy the uh, last month of summer, and um, man, a lot happened in that time, right? I I uh, I hope everybody had a great summer. Summer is over, though. It's, it's uh, you know, I went to um, I was heading to Democracy Now for my morning gig there yesterday morning, and it's funny because Thursday in New York City, it was it was beautiful. Shorts, t-shirt. And I got so used to that. Um, I woke up yesterday morning. I got dressed. I left my house about a little after 6 a.m. And I stepped out onto the street, and I'm like, oh, it's a little chilly. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to make it. I got almost, like, towards the end of the block, and I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I was freezing. <laughs> I had to turn around and go back and put on jeans and a hoodie. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Summer's over,
1: yeah, it is School has started for college and for grade school, so safe to say for anybody who has kids or who is going back to school this year, your celebration of summer is over
0: okay. um, the one the only good thing to me, so I am a summer guy i like I like the heat i I prefer tropical weather, but I gotta say, I do love the autumn in the northeast. Um, watching the leaves change and whatnot is 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 a beautiful phenomenon. It just sucks that after that the winter comes, which I hate.
1: Yeah, and then everything turns gray and dies. But
0: and uh, another one of my favorite part things about this time of year is football is back.
1: Football? I'm not. I'm not excited. I don't really care. <laughs> I
0: am. I love football. Houston Texans, baby. I, I I'm I'm looking forward to this season. Um. We'll see what happens with our quarterback situation. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens.
1: We'll see how many people are boycotting the NFL this this yes. season. I don't know how I don't yes, know. Let's talk about we'll that. see.
0: It's no, it's true. So, here's my take on it. Um obviously, um I have a lot of love for Colin Kaepernick. I respect him a lot for what his him taking the approach to um to doing this protest. And support him in it. Um, however, I'm not boycotting the NFL, and I had someone ask me, like someone said, "Well, if you're not boycotting, that if you're watching the NFL, you are supporting racism and whatnot." And I disagree. And here's why: I have a ton of love for Colin, but here's the reality. He was, he had a terrible last two years. And I've seen people try, oh, he did this. No, let's Overall, as a starting quarterback, he was pretty terrible the last couple of years. So, you know, that's a factor. The second and biggest, the second and bigger factor to me is that there are dozens of other football players doing the same protest. And they all still have jobs. So... To me, you know, the, it's it's one of those things that is there racism in the NFL? There's racism everywhere. We live in America where systemic racism is a thing and we're still fighting it little by little. But, you know, there's levels to the shit, as I like to say. Um, you know, there's a lot of brothers that make a great, great living off of off of the NFL. Um, if they were. Like if they made some policy that suspended all the players that protested this way, then it'd be time to boycott. Yeah. And then I would agree. But that's not the case. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it and uh I'm looking forward to watching football. Um I do th- I do hope Cap finds a place um uh, eventually. I think um you know, he is better he he could at least be a backup quarterback somewhere. Um but uh, you know he's he's doing his thing though. Yeah, I, saw, I would I saw like, him like for summer Gym.
1: I would like for him to stay in the NFL just to
2: piss like, people off. Yeah, like yeah. just to
1: still be there and like to stay present and for people to not say like that's what you get, you know. But yeah. ultimately, but I think, like I, look,
0: look at all the other players that are doing
1: it right, but he's the one who's getting the publicity and he's the one who started it, so. Oh my um, God! Uh, he definitely has taken the major. Like he's taken the heat. He's getting all the hate and everything, and mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, it's true.
1: I wish him all the best, and I. But I think he'll end up. You know, whatever happens, he'll end up in a good, a good place. So yeah, he has his supporters. Yeah, he um, does,
0: and he and he started something too, which is which is good. Yeah. Um. There, I can't remember the player's name. The guy, Philadelphia the Eagles. Guy who, the white guy. Who, who participated, which I, um you know, I think that's a great thing because white people have a thing called white privilege. And to me, in my opinion, when you speak to other white people as a white person, it has more of an impact than sometimes.
1: I agree. Yeah, know. they're going to hear you.
0: It takes a lot for a white person in that position to to do that. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, you know.
1: You're not supposed to give them too much credit. Yeah, I don't want to give I, them too much I credit. But I still do. But it does
0: mean a lot to me. You know, it's just like with us. We yeah. have the relatives in our family on the white side that do actually Yeah, and they understand. get so
1: much hate. They get so much hate. And that that is like, it's like, you know, being mixed race, you can, you can try and live in denial. And you can say, you know, a, I've never experienced, I don't experience racism, whatever. You can be as aware or as... Um, vocal about racism as you want but there's always going to be somebody who's going to bring you right back down to reality like you know being part white part black you can pretend to be white you can you can totally ignore your black side and you know not be a part of it but there are always going to be people who can who know Mm -hmm. who will always see you as black but being white it's like you you know you don't have to care You, you don't you don't have any you know, player in the game, like it doesn't matter. So yeah. I do give, I do give my white friends and family members a lot of credit for, for standing when they don't have to. I know, yeah. I know it's it's the decent thing to do, and but still, it doesn't mean that they have to do it.
0: Yeah, and it this is the thing to me is that it just means a lot. to me. Like you know, we have some of our cousins, especially that they live in certain environments where in their community it can't be the popular thing. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like, like no we have way. cousins that live in the sticks and they're friends with those some of their pe- neighbors on facebook and people they got to face these people on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. so for them to st- so, and some of them have out been blatantly outspoken and to me it does mean a lot to yeah. me yeah it means a lot to hear someone you know to say i get it i hear yeah. i hear you yeah you're not you're not instead of trying to debate with us and tell us how we should feel about something yeah but um amen. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, another insane thing that happened and it actually kind of relates today, to t- today's episode is our hometown of Houston, Texas got devastated by a hurricane. Not only just Houston, but uh, all along the coastline and um uh, I, I want to say thoughts and prayers with everybody who who uh, you know, took a lot. The lives that were, the lives that were lost um, sorry for that. And also just the mass amount of desert devastation because, you know, a lot of people, um, it's hard to understand what it's like losing your house and losing your belongings and having to start all over, especially when a lot of people economically are not in a position to rebuild.
1: Right. And that was one of the things that, um, cause Houston is huge. It is, you know, just the square mileage the population everything about it is it's a very very big area of city so when you on a of a flood on that scale to try and prepare to try and it it was it's just it's not easy to do so the thing that I was seeing is that some areas were saying evacuate some areas were saying no you don't have to evacuate so it was like A lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, they had days to prepare, blah blah blah," and it's like, "Well, some people did, but there were many, many places that thought that they'd be fine." And it's easy to say, "Well, I would, you know, I would have left, or I would have done this," but there are people, like you said, financially they couldn't afford. They couldn't afford to leave. They couldn't. There are people who had businesses that, if they left, they were had to run the risk of their businesses being uh, looted. There are just there were a lot of reasons why these people couldn't just pick up and leave. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, when it, I think, and we we saw this happen even in um the Southern tier in New York State during the flood. We had a flood in 2006 and 2011. There were people who waited, they waited it out. They're like, you know, I'm going to wait and see how bad it is. And I I can't fault that line of thinking. So it's, it really is just tragic that it got, it did get as bad as it got. And it wasn't like, well, you know, we were worried and it didn't, you know, it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. It was like all of those people pretty much were feeling it and displaced. Mm-hmm. So um, now it's to clean up and hopefully not have another event happen. But we've seen headlines that there will be supposedly next week Hurricane Irma. Mm-hmm. So
0: they're still determining what's going to, like, if she could go either way.
1: We really, really. Really hope that they don't get they can't take round two no, you know not right
0: now. um yeah that um uh, the other thing about that is a lot of people don't understand is that they've done the mass evacuation thing before, and what happened was last time that they had to do a mass evacuation like that, everybody left at once and then people were stuck on the highway, and then a bunch of cars ended up getting flooded on the highway, and lives were lost so It was also a safety matter. Like if everybody floods to the highways and people ended up running out of gas and stranded because they ran out of gas. Yeah,
1: gas stations didn't have cars are
0: stranded and people are stranded and then these flash floods happen. It's it's gonna be a lot worse. Which that's
1: uh, I saw a little bit about this, but I wasn't sure when they're talking about the dam about letting the dam out.
0: Yeah, they had to empty the because because they had to open it up to let some of the water out so that it didn't break the valves and in in, in, in it took away their ability to control the flow mm-hmm. of the water.
1: So I saw, because I had seen people who were worried about the dam opening up and it destroying the highways in that area. So there were a lot of, a lot of risks, really.
0: Yeah, they're worried about it washing out those parts of, like, uh, so I don't know if you remember this, but like Attics Reservoir and Attics Dam, it was that park we used to go to? You were you were really little. I don't know if you remember. And uh, we just called it the dam, and it mm-hmm. was a park. Um, so where Buffalo Bayou runs through, there's a section of Highway 6 right there. So they were worried that that section of Highway 6 would get washed out. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, if it got washed out, it's closed off anyway. They're going to fix it. And, you know, in Houston, it you know things get fixed really fast unless it's highway 290 yeah. <laughs> that th- that thing's been under construction since i was like in first grade <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know um there, there there was a reason for them doing it it wasn't like uh, you know a lot of people didn't understand what the whole you know well would.
1: i mean if the dam broke then it would be, be a lot a ba- worse than- a
0: lot worse because that's like swamps back there um you know, the one thing I would say about this is is I was reminded just that Texas really is like its own little country. Sometimes it's good thing. Sometimes it can be bad. But for the most part, one of the things I noticed about this is that Houstonians, everybody really just came together. And nobody, you know, t- politics, religion, race, none of that was really a factor during the disaster. Everybody just came together. And I noticed something. While this is happening... Nobody from Texas or in Texas tried to like politicize it or make it a political issue or talk about politics while this was going on. They were just focused on helping each other and getting through the disaster. People outside of Texas did like people in New York did and people everywhere else. But I noticed that like, you know, it's just there is something about Houstonians that is there's a certain mentality and a certain sense of unity in situations. It's like that in disasters, and it's in that like that during celebrations, such as when the Rockets win the championship.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought,
0: <laughs> or, or any of the sports teams are winning.
1: uh that was that was one of the positive takeaways is that um, I think deep down, like the the human spirit is strong, and I I think that the human spirit is good. So it's like you said. In times of disaster, I don't think that the majority of people are ever going to look at someone and say, I'm not going to save you because you're black or because you're white. I think in that moment, it's human instinct to save, just to, sa- to save whoever, regardless of those differences. And I think that it's, I mean, it's the same kind of sentiment when, it, whenever there's any sort of like mass shooting or anything. There's that phrase that says, look for the helpers. And there are always helpers. I mean, there are always going to be opportunists and there's always some, you know, negative people looking for whatever. And that's that's just the fact of life. But ultimately, I think that if we focus on the good in people in times like these and just, you know, not to say it's going to gloss over everything else and sugarcoat it. It's just like we need that. We need that hope. (coughs) And we need, you know, we just need that positivity, especially with the way that things have been. And um, I loved seeing the, just throughout the footage, I mean, there's devastation and there are people who lost their lives and lost their children and their moms and, you know, what, whatnot. But there are people who are still finding a sense of humor. There is, um, I saw today, there, there's a footage of someone driving through a neighborhood and all of the people's belongings, they're, they're gutting their houses, they're tossing everything. And there's a sign that says, uh, yard of the month. So it, it's just, you know, little things like that. It's not to trivialize any of the tragedy or anything, but, um, those are the things that we need to see and we need to remind ourselves of. And when, you know, as we see so much negativity out there,
2: um,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. And, um, the, the, um, you know, I, even people we know. Um, you know, our brother took a little bit of water in the house. Luckily, it wasn't anywhere near. The house is still livable, but some water got in his bedroom. He had to get rid of the carpet in there, and then some of the water seeped in through the floor and the wall into um, our nephew's closet. So, it's repairs got to happen, but it, even though it wasn't bad. But so, what? our brother and our nephews and nieces did is they teamed up with another friend, uh, Kenneth Sherrard, with uh, Nevaeh's Catering down there, um, who catered my daughter's graduation party. He did an amazing, amazing job. And, I, and as a side note, I just want to shout out Kenneth. I give a lot of respect to this guy because he, his restaurant burnt down uh, I think it was a little over a year and a half ago. So he went through devastation himself, but he still managed to keep going. And he did a community project Pizzas for the Homeless. Just out of the blue, not, not, just because he thought. It was genuinely because he was like, you know, I want to do something. And it, people rallied together, and they had a, a day where they fed homeless people. And now, through this, he had his boat ready to go help people. And then as soon as they could travel, they Neves was cooking up meals. Like meals, and uh, tons of meals, and they were driving around and feeding people helpers rescuers or anybody who needed food and michael and the kids our brother and our nephews and nieces were out helping like you know and it's just uh it's good to see that it's good to see that in the world the world needs more people like that yeah um yeah so anyway thoughts shouts out to houston um our thoughts are with you It's my hometown so of course um, but even even so, and, and everybody in Texas along the coast that that suffered, um, and he, you know we're gonna get into this later in the broadcast. But there's country, you know, a lot of places that the floods that are happening. Um, so before we move into the show, uh, let's just talk really quick about this week's BS headlines and internet uh, phenomena, stuff that we stuff that the headlines that I think are there to cause this. Misinformation and divisiveness, and this one involved our dear America's sweetheart Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So the headline, hold on, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up.
2: Well, she is the isn't. headline
0: that I read, and there was a bunch that were that that went with this was that Beyonce fans mock Taylor Swift over the serious formation vibe they're getting in new music video. Serious formation vibe. Okay, and then I saw I saw another headline I couldn't find that was it, it, which was the first one I, I saw which sparked this debate and I'm like what are they talking about saying that the the implication was that Taylor Swift copied Beyonce
1: right I, I, not just copied but there are people saying she culturally appropriated yeah. Beyonce
0: yeah and I'm we are not afraid to call out cultural appropriation when it happens but I watched this video and I'm like. Who do, how, the, how the hell do you take, I don't see any, A, and no way did it, I'm like, if you compare that to Beyonce's video, Formation, and you clearly didn't pay attention to Formation, and the dance sequence, they're like, well, the way she's standing, and I'm like, that, in that argument, then they all copied Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul and Madonna and every other And and, and then let's talk about the male, Michael Jackson, and every other pop artist that has had that almost identical dance sequence. Like, I'm just like, this is not a case of cultural appropriation. But but
1: even, okay, so I can see... It's not like she's Iggy
0: Azalea out there, like, freaking changing up her accent to sound like she's from the hood.
1: I can see like uh, maybe you could you could say she copied it or she ripped it off or whatever which I still don't think she did, but what is cultural about beyond like about the outfit? It's not like she's wearing box braids or something like she's wearing a black tight sweater and some it's like a she has sex, an 80s it's just look. a sexy she has, a, she has like a late 70s right. early 80s look. Yeah, like fishnets and a tight crop top. I and like her backup dancers are. She look like men. Cher, right? It's <laughs> like, not like, like 1980s she's Cher. She's not wearing like African garb or box braids or anything that's cultural to Black people. And like obviously, Formation was very um, politically charged. But even you can you can even say that Beyonce isn't like a pariah of black culture i mean she's a pop artist
0: yeah. so
1: i could see you know saying she copied it whatever i mean people get accused of that all the time rihanna's snm video was accused of ripping off a french photographer and the similarities are there so i just thought it was you know it's like hate on her yeah. you know criticize or whatever but this is in my opinion not cultural appropriation
0: yeah and, uh, and, and in essence another just people that need is, you know it, it sounds hypocritical because we work in the media but sometimes I hate the media
1: <laughs> no <laughs> like some, but I like think, I'm like this
0: BS head, like, let's start some shit
1: right but I but I think part of being a person with discernment is that y- y- working in the media the, the media needs more people that are able to see it for what it is you yeah. know that's one of the things it's like you don't want to be if you do, you don't want to be a part of it but y- you know you might as well be a, a um a voice of reason, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to if you're going to do the work and, you know, be involved in that business, at least be able to call it like you see it, which is very important.
0: Yes. And that's our B.S. headline of the week. So our episode today is we're going to talk about appropriately in the times climate change. Uh, we will talk about climate change, the impacts uh, and. Uh, Ideas for causes of climate change and things that could probably fix or solve climate change. Maybe renewable energies and whatnot. So first of all, the one plus one equals two. What is climate change? Climate change is a change in global or regional climate patterns. In particular, a change apparent from the mid to late 20th century onwards. Um... The plus one, what is global warming? A simple definition of global warming, over the last 50 years, the average global temperature has increased at the fastest rate in recorded history. And experts see the trend is accelerating. All but one of the 16 hottest years and NASA's 134-year record have occurred since 2000. Okay, so MDG says this. Look, I unless you live under a rock, aside from the data, it's obvious that climate change is happening. The I mean, every year winters get shorter here since I've been here. In and, and, and New York. The winters are shorter, which I don't mind because <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the winter. But it is a little freaky when it's like...
1: People are barbecuing in Christmas. Eve.
0: Exactly. when. Uh, so three years ago is when I, I... It was really freaky. I was doing a shoot at the ice rink um, with Aaron Clark for New York 1 at uh, the ice rink in Central Park. Christmas Eve. And it was hard to shoot because... They had to keep re-icing the thing constantly because it kept melting. These people were pretty much water skiing, not yeah. ice skating. Because it was 74 degrees out on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And last year was the same. It was like in the next year. and la- uh-huh. It's been a, a trend. Right. Um, The polar ice caps are melting. This is not a fact. And everybody that I've heard like arguments, well, you know, this year in 1800. Did it- we didn't have satellites back in the 1800s. Yeah. So how do you know this? Right. You know what I mean? We didn't have satellites in the early 1900s. How do you, the, any data that I've seen people present, there's no way that they can prove it like we're proven now. Right. You can see satellite imagery over the last 15 years. Yeah. That show how drastically it's happening.
1: And I think the important thing to understand about climate change is like, it's global warming, but there's climate change. So, people are like, well, it's cold here, you know, where's global warming? It's not just that it's getting warmer everywhere individually at the same time. It's that globally the temperature is increasing and the, the temperature of the oceans are increasing. So when we say global warming, we're not saying it's going to be super hot every single day. So, uh, it's it's a change overall globally in, in temperature, but also in the weather and pa- weather patterns. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, a whole idea it's not just that it's getting hotter there are other there are other factors that play into it
0: yeah and and, and i mean it, you can't deny climate change is happening if you want to debate is it man made or not i guess that can be a debate um that that is the main point of the debate the problem is some people don't understand that they're just like climate change is a myth made by china no climate change is not a myth made by china Climate change is something that's happening, according to scientists. And the thing is, is that 97% of the scientific community believes that the, the, the cause is from humans, mainly human the use of uh, fossil fuels. Now, I don't know about you, but if I have a car and i myself am not a mechanic and 97 percent of mechanics say so something is not good for the engine i'm that's a good enough number for me to listen to their opinion before i do whatever it is that those 97 percent of people believe is is harmful to the car
1: right yeah when you go to the doctor to generally you don't like if they tell you something's wrong with you, you usually listen. Like if your, your doctor prescribes you a, a prescription, you usually just go to the pharmacy and pick it up. You're not like, eh, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. So, it's you know, and and the thing about fossil fuels is this: fossil fuels have even when when I was a kid, and they're explaining to me how how we got fossil fuels, how gasoline was made. I remember the first thing that came to my head. If we're taking oil out of the ground, what's there? What is filling in the space where we drill it out? You know what I mean? They're drilling for oil, they're taking all this oil out of the ground. What's what what's replacing it?
1: Well, the there it's now being pro- it's been proven and it's openly admitted that the Hydrofracking is causing earthquakes. For that, for that reason, you. But when you're like what you said, what are they they're replacing it with that water that that that's why it's called the hydro hydraulic fracturing is.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the hydraulic fracturing.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know about oil, what they do with the with the actual oil, but like, I don't know what do, what would you call that? Like traditional drilling, but um. With fracking, they break up the the earth, and then they they put that water. I can't think of what.
0: Marcellus shale is what they're trying to remove.
1: It's the uh, what is it? It's called something. The the water that they call it water, but it's not water. It's like poison. But um, so they are. I mean, it's the same thing with those cave-ins Like whenever you see a sinkhole. Usually, I mean, I I, I can't say usually because I don't know the statistics, but it's often that you whenever you see a headline about a sinkhole, it's somewhere where there are coal mines or something beneath the earth that that's what caused the the flaw in the integrity of the the the, the crust underneath the the ground, and that's why they came in. So same thing, what you're saying with like drilling and when you're sucking that what's under the earth out, you have to. Think that maybe you're gonna cause some some negative side effects. You, you're gonna undermine the. The other
0: thing is to me is that if it's there, it's there for a reason. That's that was that yeah. was the other thought I had. So yeah. that's the first aspect. Of
1: so it. yeah, because I mean, it's like obviously we have resources and we have this abundant earth, and it, we've for thousands of years have been using those resources and whatever. So. That's that's fine. But, like, if you have to go through such great lengths and extreme measures to suck this these natural resources out of the ground, like you said, maybe you should leave it there. Maybe it's there for a reason. I mean, yeah. But, you know, if something's profitable, if something's yeah exactly where where people draw
0: the lines where the hypocrisy and that's i mean
1: you can look at history and like the history of of, um industrialization and whatnot and how our ancestors have learned new new ways to use the resources and new advancements and whatnot and there are things that have had very serious consequences i mean it's when what would i would say like after probably like 1920s, 1930s. um, That, I feel like, was when we started consuming and consuming and just such an increase of use of resources without thought. So the better half of the 19th century, people were using, polluting, consuming, just totally not thinking about the future. And that's where we find ourselves now, in this generation, either accepting that we need to find something, you know, we need to to clean up our mess or denying it, which I would love to deny it. I mean, I would love to say, oh, I can continue to use plastic and do whatever I want. And I can throw my garbage out the window instead of throwing it <laughs> into the garbage can. But I just think that's unrealistic. So um, being able to have rational conversations about solutions is important so my issue is with people who say either that it's not happening or that it's happening but there's nothing we can do about it so that's what i would like to discuss
0: yeah you know it's and it's it's the other part about it is is that one thing we know for a fact is that the emissions from Burning fossil fuels pollutes the air. Yeah, we know that for a fact. That's not debatable. That's yeah. a fact. So, if it if it's harmful to the air for us to breathe in, how would would it not make sense that it might be harmful for the atmosphere? Yeah, I, I'm gonna say. I, so, here's my here's my issue. You know, with where we stand with fossil fuels, like I definitely think that. If there are alternative energy sources, we should be looking at those because they're cleaner. But here's the problem, the narrative. So growing up in Houston, the, the petroleum and oil industry is huge there. It's a grand source of income across the board because people get a job working in it, either whether you're actually in the fields drilling or you're working in some administrative office or you're working for a company that has gas cards. The majority of the jobs in that area were attributed to the industry somehow. So what happens is, is when you have people who attribute their livelihood to an industry, it's easy to sell them. Falsehoods are like, oh, this is, you know, you know, they don't want to because people don't want to believe they want to believe something that they do to make their livelihood is, you know, not a good idea or that something else poses a threat to that. Because if you switch resources or you switch to something else, then I won't have my job, you know, and, and, and I understand that. But at the end of the day, it's like, what's the point of knowing you have a paycheck coming for the next year? If you know you're not leaving anything for your children, right. it's going to affect, and that's the way I look at it. And the second part of it is, so th- we there are so many job opportunities from renewable energy right. that we could be doing. Yeah. And aside from it being clean, and this is where I where I say like from you know where Republicans quote unquote tend and most who tend to be and you know what this is actually that the plenty of neoliberal democrats are are in the pockets of the oil industry too so but let's just put it on the edge uh, on the side of people who are anti-renewable energy so i was having a discussion with, with one of my friends from houston who works in the oil industry and his the thing about him is that he he He's always been this way. I've been the one who's always thinking bigger picture stuff. He's always been the very practical thinker here now. So he's thinking from a practical standpoint. Right now, I work in this industry. I'm getting a paycheck. If it fails, uh, th- then I got to find something else to do. And, and, and that something else isn't there. So this makes sense. However, he kind of made my argument for me when we were talking. I was like, th- with the renewable energies that are available, he had said to me, well, "You understand what it would take for them to build a system where we could use that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the point." Right. Like that is John. It really, truth, truth be told, would probably be in the better interest of us economically as a country and the people to transfer over to the to yeah, renewable energies. That's a
1: new, an entire new field, like. The possibilities for job creation and exploit there's there's research that, to be done, there are systems to be built. there the jobs are there. So when people say that they support gas for the jobs, I'm like you're not that's not a good enough reason because if okay. you wanted if you wanted to create jobs, you would explore a, a new industry that if it got the funding and if it got the coverage, would create thousands of jobs.
0: Well, for the greater part of the last 10 years, the oil lobby has spent over $100 million a year lobbying. In other words, you know, buying politicians, a.k.a., as as I like to say, like people, that's the money they spend trying to influence the decisions of Congress and Senate. Um, So if they're spending that much trying to influence... Politicians, and at the same time, you know, selling certain narratives or funding narratives that are um, anti-renewable energy that that feeds in a lot to it. Like people just need to, like, I I feel like get a full understanding. Yeah, take a step back and think about it. Here's my thing: even if fossil fuels don't cause global warming, even if that's that that is just a theory. The f- fact is, they are renewable energy is cleaner. So even if we don't stop global warming, at least our air will be cleaner. At least we won't be polluting. Right. That's the 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 the, dev- the amount of damage that this industry causes. That
1: is what that's the part that I can't like. People, I've I've heard this said. I've had people say this to me that it's that climate change and um, the push. against global warming is a scam and that it's a, a myth to get more money from the government or to whatever. And I'm like, okay, whether I believe that or not is irrelevant. If that's an issue for you, then why are you okay with the money that big gas puts into lobbying? Like if that's something that you care about, why are you okay? That's already our status quo. Corruption and money in politics is already our status quo so i i just i don't think it's that someone cares about whether they're being scammed or not i think it's more the resistance to change and the and accepting that the way that we're doing some doing things right now might not be the best way it might be a, a bad way so i i'm like all right so if i'm getting ripped off i would rather get ripped off to To have cleaner air and cleaner water and to protect our forests and instead of okay go ahead and drill go ahead and frack in my state and pollute my our lakes and rivers and i I i would i would take clean air over earthquakes and undrinkable water so i i just don't get it i guess i mean i would i would love a rational logical explanation for for it
0: not only that, the uh, over four, like almost $5 billion a year, or actually we'll say, I think it's over like $3 billion a year that goes to the fossil fuel industry and, and subsidies.
1: Yeah. So. It, can we talk about subsidies? I don't know if anybody was listening during Bernie Sanders' campaign, but subsidies are t- tax breaks.
0: They're basically loans that you don't have to get payback.
1: Yeah, from the government. like that it's free money for yeah. for these companies. So I, I think that uh, an issue that maybe people hear the word and they don't know what it is like a government subsidy is like the government gives you money to do something with your business. But these are huge, massive amounts of money. And that's where does that money come from? The taxpayers. So, yeah, like think it, it,
0: about it, it is a it, it is a loan. From the taxpayers that the bit they don't have to pay back. Right. AKA corporate welfare.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like getting a grant to go to school, except on a massive scale. Like yeah. when yeah. I went to college I got I got some a grant from the government for good grades or something. I don't know. And I didn't have to pay that back. But it was like two thousand dollars, not a billion dollars. <laughs> like and
0: I'm sure you've paid that back in taxes. Right, seriously. right.
1: So I I don't know if people are just unaware that massive these massive industries are getting this this money, or if they just they just don't care. They
0: are unaware. They don't get. Here's the problem: majority of people don't know the details. They don't understand what they read. They buy into the hype. The the kool-aid that's fed to them like whatever the the talking points that are put out there they're like yeah uh, welfare people are lazy people on welfare use my tax dollars L- meanwhile you got industries getting billions in uh corporate welfare and the messed up thing is that a lot of the a lot of these places like uh, uh, the majority of the money doesn't go to the workers it goes to like execs yeah who don't right. do that much work yeah like work for them is I'm going to go have a golf trip it's like, with it's so-and-so. It's and, 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 Attend a couple board meetings. You know, like... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah. I, I just... I don't know. I, I don't see... Like I said, at the end of the day, that renewable energies... Not only is it a job creator, but it's also... Even if it doesn't stop global warming, despite the, what 97% of the scientific community believes, it will definitely make the environment cleaner around us.
1: right? And so this is, um, since being that we're broadcasting from rural southern tier New York, um, the majority of people that I encounter on a day-to-day basis are people who would consider themselves outdoorsmen, outdoors people, you know, hunters, farmers, um, people who like to fish, you know, people who spend a good amount of their time outside using the, um, the spoils of nature. So it just so happens that many of these people also lean towards a, um, I don't know if you could call it conservative or it's just a coincidence that a lot of conservatives are against, um, green energy or take care of the environment environmental awareness but it doesn't make Can't sense to have
0: that episode
1: it doesn't make sense to me that these people that like you know the majority of the people i know who hunt and fish and farm don't care about protecting the earth that they hunt on and fish on and farm on
0: see the smart people do though so i have a friend uh tommy testa who co- he co- he comments a lot on our stuff um actually i would like to have him on the show sometime he uh, voted for Trump, he, and I'm only—I usually wouldn't expose people stuff like that, but he says it publicly. and I don't think he minds, um, and I think might regret it a little bit, <laughs> he, as he's said sometimes. But he's vocally said that he doesn't agree with their standpoints on the environment, like you know, he because he's an avid outdoorsman, an avid. Uh, He's an avid outdoorsman and a, and a hunter and a fisher who understands the environment. So he's been very outspoken on, look, the, this getting rid of the EPA and all these things is not a good thing. Yeah. He understands that. that, that- but unfortunately- a lot of people, uh, people, people don't. that do hunt fish, don't understand that. No. They don't realize, like, like, yeah, yo.
1: whatever. Like, take like, away, hey, the-, get away from the
0: cutting and spreading, and then, then before you know it, there ain't no fish left to cut. Yeah. or Yeah, three-eyed fish. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right? and
1: that—that that is like, I mean, we've I think we've talked about this on uh past shows, but there are entire communities in South America that have been devastated by the negative effects of humans on the environment like the their oil spills or a tanker carrying uh waste spills into uh, a river and totally destroys their livelihood so these are fishing communities who the fish are literally dead in the water just floating and we i mean i think we're fortunate to have not I mean, there are definitely, if you Google it, you will find that there have been plenty of spills, oil spills and whatnot in America. But um, these are very, very small rural communities that have their entire livelihoods taken away. So we're lucky here that we haven't had anything like that yet. But there are oil spills all the time. The pipelines that are already running through North America, they leak all the time. So I just wish that... If you really, you know, the people who really cared about the the things that they love to do, spend time in nature and hunt and fish, you would stop and think, what happens if I don't support policies that in that take that take care of this land? It it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, what's wrong with being a tree hugger? Like, as far as I'm concerned, if you are hanging out in a tree stand every day, every fall, you should be a tree hugger you know like there's nothing wrong with that I don't it's just like this mentality that caring about anything makes you weak and that is such a flaw it's it's a flaw in all of my conservative friends and families I I would just like for you for them to to realize that it's okay to have compassion for the environment like it it's prob it's necessary
0: Um, it's, it goes with that overall, it's the trick, the tr- people in control, you know, this is something we learn when you study, I remember in imagery class, this is why I like abandoned the two party system process, thought process. And that doesn't mean I don't vote. Like I, I I need to clarify, cause I realize when I say that sometimes some people are like, Oh, so you just don't vote. No. What I'm saying is I don't base my vote on allegiance to a political party. I vote for the person that I think is the best person for the job. And sometimes it's a Democrat, sometimes it's a Republican, sometimes it's an Independent. Um, But the way the two-party system works and major parties have controlled people is by selling narratives. People orchestrate narratives. And part of that conservative quote-unquote people who call themselves conservatives or Republican narrative is to... Make people believe that informing yourself about things that have to do like being educated is is, is, is weak and liberal or
2: yeah.
0: like pointing out, oh man, you might be wrong about something. Here's some here's some facts that might defy what you thought. Oh, that's liberal you know that's weak that's that tree hugging liberal snowflakeness and the funny thing is once again i i just about the snowflake thing the, a lot of those people that say that are usually some of the weakest thin-skinned people <laughs> ever including the freaking president It's one of the most right. started him Twitter there um i had a friend who all throughout obama administrations i was friends with posted stuff ridiculous things bashing obama and Never deleted her, because I don't delete people. And recently in a debate, I realized she blocked me. She blocked me <laughs> on Facebook because she was participating got in too de- real a debate. Her. Yeah, it got a little too real, and she was losing the debate. And, uh, you know, it, it was a, it bothered me a little bit, because we were friends for a long time. But at the, at the same time, I'm like, yo, you're supposed to be this tough, American, thick-skinned yeah. person who doesn't get offended.
1: Well... And that's, was offended that, that and is the conservative
0: you. narrative. So when you tell people things, when you tell people things, uh, you know, that conservative, quote unquote, Republican America mentality is if you care about the environment, you're being a whiny tree hugging liberal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really just stupid.
1: <laughs> I think I mean, it's like any lifestyle change is hard. Any whenever. New information is presented to you. At, you have to decide what to do with it. You have to decide if you're going to take it in, if you are going to um, do something about it, or if you're not going to. So I think that it's a defense mechanism that um, communities of, or I guess I don't know how to how to phrase it. Certain groups of people, or I don't know if it's a demographic. Regard whatever i i think it's def- a defense mechanism that t- certain types of people have created and then those other people in that group have you have taken it on so these ideas like people uh, liberals are weak and snowflakes and whatever i just think it kind of has a uh it catches on with the community and that's why it's so prevalent but um it really is about deciding to be an individual and thinking for yourself. So, I mean, like we're, we're, we are debating whether climate change is man made or not. And if we can fix it or not, and that's, that's a fine. That's a debate to be had. But um, ultimately thinking about what's best for the earth and what's best for its inhabitants is, I mean, how, I don't know how you can argue against that. So, um when presented with the facts it doesn't matter where you stand on the idea of if if it's our fault or not it's is this good for the environment is it bad for the environment and like we said caring is not stupid it's smart <laughs> and it's necessary so um i i i would love to follow follow the money trail you know to to help open people's um, eyes to that whole, you know, aspect, getting to the root of it, and fuel discussions, more discussions, you know, instead of just saying, well, I'm a conservative, and this is my opinion on this, because that's what conservatives believe, maybe try and really think about it, and really decide for yourself. Yeah. Um, something we uh, messaged, or message, something we men- mentioned earlier, um, about fracking, I just uh, thought it was interesting that um, I the Oklahoma gets a ton of earthquakes like a lot, like thousand uh, well, hundreds to a thousand about earthquakes a year. So I had heard an article or heard an article. I had heard a segment on the radio, I think last year that said, um, they're experiencing more earthquakes and that they're attributing it to hydraulic fracturing. Which I was like, whoa, they actually said on the radio that blasting water into the ground causes earthquakes. So I was Googling about it and there's actually an earthquake tracker from Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma has so many earthquakes that they have a tracker and it tells you how many earthquakes have been in the last 24 hours, last three days, seven days last year. Um so I'm like, is that just like normal for them? Like this is such like that to me is scary. Like I don't want I don't want that to be a norm where I live. I don't want to have earthquakes all the time. I I just to me it's just one more reason why I'm not down with the fracking.
0: Not only that, like look I was there. I saw with my own eyes going down to Demick Township and the like people lighting their water on fire. When I was covering this, and I was like, "Uh, oh, this is a this is a bad thing." But here's the thing about fracking: like, so, so it is very dangerous because if if it met, it, you puncture an aquifer, it's damaged. If an aquifer gets polluted, it's damn. You can't drink the water there anymore. It's no good. If that happens, so. People who know this are like, I don't understand why people don't get it. I don't understand why people, why would someone want fracking? I understand why people go for it. Not saying that it's okay, but I understand why. It's not that people are just stupid. So around the same time that it was up for debate in upstate New York, I did a series on the dairy farms. And in New York State, unfortunately, I I think it's gotten a little better, and, and I don't know, I have to check on this, but in New York State, you know, it's one of the toughest states to own a business as it is. But they were literally choking the life out of the the dairy farmers. the the, uh, the the government was with the taxes and certain certain aspects that were just it was it was hard for them to make a profit. It was hard for them to even stay afloat. So you have all these people where the majority of a state like New Upstate New York thrives off of agriculture, especially dairy, and all these farms were going belly up. So you have these people with all this land that's been in generations and they're broke and they're looking for money. And then someone comes along and says, and says look, I am willing to give you millions of dollars if you let me like, like the one fam- farm we looked at, I think they would have got, they would have made like two and a half million dollars
1: over the course of their lease. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's like thousands of dollars a month.
0: I think it was even like, but their signing was because I mean, they had a, they had like Four hundred and some acres, or so. It was uh-huh. like a lot of land. I think it was like a two point five or two point two million dollars that check they would have got. And you're talking about people in a situation where you're you're struggling. You know what I mean? I get it. I would probably for a minute be like, you know, me and my family are gonna be all right. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not so bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna want to hear. Let here tell me tell me why I should take this check. Yeah. And you're gonna start listening to the person that's telling you why you should take it. So that's the reason why people, why it actually happens in these places. Um, it'll never happen in New York City. No. <laughs> and there's no. a ton of Marcellus Shale. You know what I mean? There's, but I'm just saying it's, it's. we really need to as a country, and, and, and I'm speaking, I'm a businessman. I'm a capital, I believe in capitalism. I believe in capitalism, but like anything, it needs checks and balances. There needs to be checks and balances. The way we do capitalism, the way our imperialistic around the way we've used our imperialism around the world to feed capitalism at the at the um, expense of others is not okay. That that needs to be checked and balanced, and that's a whole nother episode. But we really need to look at, aside from like we need to look at this renewable energy th- thing as a whole, and like I said, it is economically smart it's economically smart and hey we're not going to hear about our water being polluted
1: yeah, it's sustainable. you're not going to hear about
0: the air being you can't breathe in on certain days but you go outside and you, you live in a big city like me um and, and granted new york is cut down a lot but in la and houston and other places there's days you walk out and it still happens in new york too don't 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 let me you walk outside and you just see a haze in the air yeah that is all from the pollution.
1: Right, and uh, the um China where some of the worst pollution is, uh, the kid the there are more days in a year where children can't go outside than not. Uh one of the biggest causes for their pollution is a lack of regulation. They don't have things in place to properly um ventilate or um to to cap the amount of emissions and pollutions just from things like like chimneys on factories and restaurants. Like they don't have um filter filtration systems or anything like that. Those are regulations that in America, where people have fought for for those types of things, like, you know, the EPA and these agencies in place to make sure that we have the cleanest possible Um, air and like land that we can, when we are dialing back on those protections and those regulations and people are seeing it as a good thing, it's not a good thing. Like we don't want to be like China. We don't want to have smog days where your kids can't go outside. So this is the, like, people just assume that China's polluted because it's overpopulated and they're just dirty or whatever. That is not the case. It's that the government doesn't regulate their pollution. And we need to make sure that our government continues to regulate, but also um, cut down, like to yeah, cut down on it, not just regulate, but mm-hmm. to cut back. So um, I think this this administration has made huge cuts to those protections, and I think that let turning a blind eye and letting that pass through, or thinking it's a good thing, that it's not. Yeah. It isn't like we need to be aware, and we need to stop supporting policies that are harmful to us.
0: Yeah, and and, and another thing I'm gonna add on. So with the, on this topic is what we have going on in in Texas right now, and Crosby and Houston, and parts of Houston and other areas. Is you know Houston's known as the petro metro. It's the capital. Of the United States for, or, the, or not just Houston, but Texas or, or around that area, um, the it's the the main point for um fossil fuel um mining and and the uh, plants are there. Um, what's happened with this flood now is it's there's pollutions getting out into the water that's going to seep into the ground that and they don't even know what to do about it. They evacuated an area in Crosby because these uh can these um uh, containers are blowing up yeah they're exploding and they can't stop it and the chemicals that they're using at these plants are going into the water and it's it's inevitable and and and, and, and then another topic on houston you know this is the third flooding storm with floods not the others were this bad but they were bad it was like three of these in the last few years. Yeah. We had a tropical storm. We had a couple of tropical storms. I remember tropics, Tropical Storm Allison was in 19, uh, 2000, the early 2000s. Then you had Hurricane Ike. Mm-hmm. Then you had another tropical storm. And then last year there was floods from well, a tropical storm. Well, this
1: time last year, um, almost exa- it was almost a year. I remember because it was like deja vu when Michael was talking about when our brother Michael was in Houston, when he was talking about trying, like, being able to leave, and it was, oh, uh, it was two years ago. No, it was two years ago. They were going through the same thing. Like they, well, wo- it was. I don't know if it was a hurricane or what, just rains, but, um, they were flooding, and he was like, "I think I need to leave, evacuate my house. Like, there's water up to my doorstep." So it's like that is. It's happening more and more.
0: And the other factor is this, and this is where people don't listen, and unfortunately Texas being a quote-unquote red state with that whole mentality, I ain't listening to your liberal talk. The building, they they just build like crazy and they've been developing in swamps and they've been in the science people that are science, you know, the silly liberals that actually go to school and pay attention to this shit. We're trying to tell them like, this is a bad thing. You're building over the swamps. You're going to take away places that, that absorb the water Mm -hmm. and we're going to get flooded. And that's what's happening. Like it's going to get worse in Houston. It's going to get worse. Like this is, they're going to keep flooding like this. And God forbid that this storm heads that way yeah they get, was... the the time comes they get hit with two storms back to back. God forbid, I don't know what yeah, like
1: how much higher can your you know like how much higher can your water go yeah. like it, it it doesn't it's not smart. it's that same short sighted profit first thinking yeah. let's
0: build build
1: That's the uh like we were talking about last week is a lot of the newer buildings the newer structures are the ones that are being flooded first because they were built where they shouldn't be mm-hmm. and it's just money money first profit first and the consequences later and yeah silly it's silly it is
0: so and on the topic we're going to move on to the economics of climate change. So we've seen we have seen this devastation from the floods here in um and the U.S. on the Gulf Coast, but um you know it's something that happens all around the world, um and people that are around the as you saw um three one third of the country of Bangladesh was underwater. Last week. I mean, there's floods happening all over, and there's a lot of these countries in the South Pacific and other places that are also have been affected by climate change over the last, you know, 10 years or so that we don't know about. And so, we're actually going to go to a report from our co producer, Zara Vignola, who um, is somewhat of an expert on these things. So, we're going to Zara. Yeah.
2: Hurricane Harvey um, signify much issues that will intensify as climate change um, speeds up. This is not to say that hurricane doesn't occur in areas like Houston, Texas, but it is important to point out that the intensity of this hurricane is a foreteller of how things um, can continue to worsen over time. Until now, there are people here in the U.S. who refuses to acknowledge that climate change is occurring. Um, This is because there are many people who are not directly affected by this, right, here in the U.S. But in many other countries, disasters are usual experience. Um, In Ecuador, for example, um, earthquakes are a common occurrence. Similar to the Philippines, where I grew up, experiencing earthquake drills is... um, a usual thing to actually follow uh, in addition to fire drills because we are located in the ring of fire. And so experiencing uh, many disasters um, like earthquakes and typhoons was very, very common um, and still is common and worsening, you know, over time. Um, So in the Philippines, we had experienced the hardest typhoon uh, recorded to ever hit planet earth back in 2013 um, not to say that the Philippines doesn't experience typhoon, as I mentioned earlier, um, because it usually experiences about 25 um, annually, but that actually increased over time as well and is expected to increase as climate change, um, you know, continue to speed up. Um, Prior to Harvey recently, actually, uh, Bangladesh uh, has been experiencing large flooding issue. Uh, and today, about a third of its country is actually submerged in water. Um, So what comes out of this particular um, issue or the climate change effects and disaster is the blatant confrontation of class, right? Um, There's going to be a lot of sort of like this class issue that I think a lot of people doesn't always talk about whenever we are facing disasters in different areas. So in many areas that are affected... Um, not to say that typhoons, monsoons, and other disasters chooses an area to destroy, but poor areas, uh, given its historical economic challenges, are the ones that suffer the most. The concept of recovery or rehabilitation is not really an option when disaster upon disaster is what they have encountered um, you all know, throughout time know here in the U.S. with what's happening in Harvey, uh, for example, not only is class uh, you know, an issue, but there's also, of course, race, which goes hand in hand with that, um, given that historically um, many impoverished areas and neighborhoods here in the U.S. are usually black and brown communities. Uh, we saw this happening in Louisiana, in Florida, Mississippi, and other areas, of course, that have been affected by Hurricane Katrina. Uh, the other aspect to explore as um, climate change worsens is, you know, how do we uh, look at government's response, right? Um, what is the government's responsibility when it comes to this disaster occurring? Unfortunately, many governments worldwide, including the U.S., have been irresponsive. Um, in the Philippines, for example, during Haiyan, the government did not respond until um, you know, the public and mainstream media had shamed the Philippine government. And this even included the Pope, who um, you know, went to the Philippines and talked about um, you know, the disaster and, and the effects uh, towards the people there um during hurricane katrina FEMA was unprepared to respond right uh flood regulations failed and this basically put bush administration to shame now currently the us president right trump uh refused to acknowledge climate change during his beginning in office, Trump's administration deleted any information um, in the White House website that had to do with um, climate change and, or, or any reference that had to do with climate change. Um, along with that, so just a few months after uh, he went in office back in May 2017, he withdrew the United States from the Paris Climate Accur- uh, Accord, which would have limited um, U.S. um greenhouse emission, um, you know, in our planet. Now, uh, to worsen this and to really just, you know, put a uh, framework on where um, the current administration is at is that about 10 days before Harvey actually hit, uh, Trump revoked the flood protection regulations from the Obama administration without really considering the flood and rise of sea level. So this tells us that the um, intention of the current administration, the current president, is to really put the um, protection of the corporations um, in terms of its history of polluting and destroying the environment. So this is where we're at when we are dealing with um, climate change, as, uh, as I said earlier, as it continues to speed up um, throughout time. This is Zara Vignola From Telling It Like It
0: Is Thank you Zara Um, And with that we gotta come to an end here But you know This is an ongoing topic This is another one of those topics That I'm sure we'll do more episodes on We'd like to hear your thoughts Um, If there's anybody that can share some opposition Or some opposing thoughts Please do Um, And uh, you know let us know.
1: Yep. Uh, the last thing I want to say is that um, there are a lot of different issues. Obviously, our whole basis of the show is talking about our opinions and the sides that we stand on. But um, my I just this issue of it is for everybody. It there's there really isn't a side. You know, if we don't have an earth, then we don't have anything to argue over. So um, I just. Hope that we come together at least on one thing here and work to make it a a better, cleaner, more sustainable place
0: for all of us. Yeah. And with that, uh, yeah, so we hope you enjoyed our return. We'll be back next week with another show. We got a bunch of great shows coming up. We actually have a couple where we have some people that kind of lean a little away from our normal narrative, so... You guys should tune in for those.
1: For all of your questions, comments, uh, anything anything you want to say to us, you can find us on Facebook. The Facebook page is Telling It Like It Is Official Radio Show. You can also send us an email. We are T I L I Truth Radio at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at T I L I Radio Show.
0: That is it for our show, Telling It Like It Is, is produced by myself, Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, and Zara Vignola. Uh, special thanks to Maddie Ely for handling our social media. And you can hear us on the Fire and Squad Network and SoundCloud. We are not Democrats, we are not Republicans, we are not conservatives, we are not liberals, we are realists, and we're always telling it like it is.